What's up, folks? It's a mediocre edition of Hitting Other High Notes Jazz Talk, a mediocre jazz podcast for a mediocre jazz team. Uh, it is I, I am here. You can find me on the Twitterverse at Hootran Superman, H U U T R A N Superman. And uh, joined, as always, I'm, uh, we're here with um, uh, He Goes the Distance uh, 49s. What's up, uh, Jar Barker? I'm good, man. How are you doing? Uh, you know, this jazz team is. Uh, uh, looking really good. <laughs> hey, I, I think they're gonna trade for Ricky Rubio. Never too high, never too low. Right. I mean, <laughs> what a what a what a. I mean, we're recording on the heels of the Jazz losing to uh, the Kyrie-less, the Luca-less, the Dinwiddie-less um, uh, uh, <laughs> Dallas Mavericks. So, really, just showing um, uh, you know what this season's all about. I guess. Um, Loyal, loyal listeners of the High Notes know that uh, I've been kind of on this train for a while, so it shouldn't be a surprise here. Um, but it is trade season. We usually try to have a trade podcast, and ironically enough, this seems to be probably the most sure that we think the Jazz are going to get something done at the trade deadline in the past you know, three years, I would say. Uh, so we bring on um, one of the Claytons, of course. Um, uh, he is the older slash younger brother. Um, uh, what's up, Ken Clayton? Hey. Good to be here. Glad to glad to chat with you guys for a little while. Yeah, um, and and so Dragon Squatch said he wanted to be here tonight, but he said last time that uh, he and you were on the same podcast, the Jazz got Rudy Gay, and so he didn't want to try um, attempting fate <laughs> once again. So, <laughs> but um, uh, oh. you know, it's, so like I said, it's this tra- trade season. Um, uh, twenty twenty. It's this, you know, we we've done this before because um, uh, you know, the last few years. Um, the Jazz were in a spot where like, okay, we're we're really close. Um, uh, the the Jazz team is looking like they could be a championship contender if there's one piece away if they could just make a trade. And you know the the trade deadline came and went. Um, didn't really add anybody, and it was it was harder for the Jazz then. Uh, they didn't have anything really of value that they could have traded to to get better, which was a shame. Um, but now, Ken, we're here in the year of uh, of our Lord Danny Ainge, twenty twenty three. Um, trade deadline's approaching. They have a lot of assets. Uh, what's the difference about this trade deadline than um, previous deadlines? Well, I think the biggest difference is last year and the last couple of years, the Jazz have obviously been buyers. They've been out there looking for whatever assets they had to improve the team and push it toward a championship. And this time, I'm not saying they couldn't be a buyer. In fact, you know, there, there's been talk that are they a buyer or a seller? But I mean, I think it just for my money, they're they're in the seller category. That doesn't mean they might not come up with an asset that could help them down the road. But they're I think the main thing they're going to be looking to do is capitalize on some assets that they have, and uh, th- and that means in in this case, ship out some players that they have and bring back some, some pieces that may not even necessarily look like much now, obviously draft picks or young players, but improve themselves in the future more than can be concerned at all about what's going to happen between now and game 82. Yeah, and um, a lot of Jazz fans seem to be, I mean, they've accepted that, you know, a lot of these faces, I mean, a lot of names that have been thrown out um, in the last uh, few weeks. Um, guys that, like, is uh, ironic enough that, at the beginning of the year, seemed untouchable, quote unquote, untouchable, and as the year has gone along, now it's like, all right, well, these guys are being shipped out. So, um, Jared, how do you feel about this trade deadline uh, coming up here? Well, I, I was optimistic that we were gonna get something done, and then, you know, that Kyrie domino fell, and I, was, I started questioning it, and then Boj and, and Shams were both saying, well, that tr- that uh, that thing could expand, that could have more teams involved, and then you know, like a couple hours later that the door slammed shut on that. I'm like, huh, uh, I, I, it's just hard to tell. I mean, it seems like there's been a lot of chatter around Vando getting moved. Uh, and I mean, there's been a lot of talk about Mike Conley. In fact, I'm assuming that one of those major rumors, the Western conference team that wants to give the jazz a, expiring contract is headed by the jazz's favorite opposing gm up there in the the great uh, great north timberwolf (laughs) um and yeah so i mean this is uh it it is interesting um uh, some of these uh, names that are out there right now um logan a little pessimistic dragon swatch i mean he texted us before this and was like jazz make zero to one trades and uh, it'll disappoint (laughs) it will disappoint everybody so that seems to be a safe bet but uh ken you got a couple names here that we can throw out here and talk about 
the assets that the Jazz are giving away, the reasons why, and I'd like to like you know I would like to go a little macro on it. So, um, who's the the first trade scenario you got for us? Well, the two biggest names we've heard uh, getting the most talk up leading up to the trade deadline are obviously Jared Vanderbilt and Malik Beasley. Most often, they are talked about as being traded together. Um, Jake Fisher on his uh, on his article on Yahoo Sports talked about Atlanta. Portland, and I'm blanking on the third one that he talked about. Um, anybody help me? No, I'll find it while we're while I we're talking. I did not it. listen to to Jake Fisher's podcast. So yeah, yeah, no, it wasn't a podcast. Oh, it was an article, article, so it's been floating oh. floating around on Twitter. Anyway, he had three different three different versions of a trade, or not? He didn't talk about who was coming back, but he said those two players together have been rumored to these three different teams. And so they're, they're, they're definitely the ones who've been talked about the most. And if you want, we can talk about what might be coming back from those teams. But the, those two are, you know, probably if you, if you, you know, 90% chance, 80% chance, maybe 90 for Vanderbilt, 80 for, Be- for Beasley, was maybe it, not quite that. Big. Was it the Lakers? Well, no, Beasley has be, yeah, they have been talked about in regard in, you know, right. in connection to the Lakers as well with Conley if, if a Westbrook trade goes through. So, so there is uh, a fourth one. Let's talk about Beasley and uh, and Vando together, number one. So like these were two guys that beginning of the year people really loved them. They came part of the Minnesota Rudy Gobert trade. Uh, that, you know, Vando, uh, as, as Logan said, you know, had that had that energy and a lot of people mistake high energy as as, as talent. Um, and, and that has been fine. Like he, he's been okay. Like I, I don't think I have, you know, maybe with lower expectations, I don't have any complaints about Vanderbilt. Um, uh, Beasley's no. another good three and D guy and their contracts are, are for, I mean, Vanderbilt has a really good contract, a second round pick, um, pretty cheap for the next couple of years. And Beasley is on expiring. And so, um, he, he's, he's eligible for extension. Um, and so that's, that's probably why, you know, Beasley's kind of been brought in talks, right? So okay. a guy hit the three. Well, that's not quite accurate. Uh, Beasley is potentially an expiring because he has a team option next year. Oh, okay. So whoever, whoever, so whoever has him come June decides, are we just shipping him out the door for, for nothing or are we going to keep him for another year? And then, and after they make that decision, they could trade him post July one if they wanted. And so and that's, do you think that's motivating the jazz to like, you know, cause the, the, a rebuild like this that the jazz are trying to do, it's probably not going to happen this year or next year. Um, they're they're looking forward two to three years, and Beasley mm-hmm. seems like one of those guys that doesn't seem to fit in that three, four, or five year window. Well, I I think he does to from an age perspective because he's only twenty six, and so he's the same age as Markinen, give or take mm-hmm. six months. But I don't think he fits. I mean, what they've what they've discovered about him is he can shoot the heck out of the ball, but he's he gets lost on defense a lot and and I'm not sure because they have so many wings and, or no, I guess guards anyway. I think he's just kind of getting squeezed out of the rotation a little bit. I mean, not, not on the court right now, but as they project the rotation, um, they're looking at maybe he doesn't have a place here um, when we're trying to get minutes for maybe Ochai next year, maybe one or two other guys who play a similar position who are draft picks. So, you know, so got, they, they can't keep everybody. Yeah, not quite the three and D that everybody was at before. Um, exactly. Okay, so yeah, so and another thing is that like when when the contract does come up, either you know next year team option, um, how much do you want to pay somebody and keeping that cap sheet um, uh, clear for? Uh, I mean, I, I think there's there's real benefit to not giving Beasley the money if he's uh, if you, if you don't think he's going to be um, there for when you're you know hopefully championship contending. All right, so Beasley and, and Vandy uh, are now um, uh, you know on on the block. Um, so, what team do you want to go with first? Um, I, I'll tell you the one that I just that I I looked up quickly while you were talking. Uh, that New York was the last. One. Oh yes, so, that's right. So the New York rumor <laughs> is taking on Evan Fournier's salary. Um, he's not playing at all in New York, and he has a pretty healthy salary, including into next year. And Obi Toppin, who we talked about a lot in the summer as part of the various Donovan Mitchell deals that never occurred. And then all that's been said is draft capital. And if you read the rumors a little bit, it sounds like the Jazz want one unprotected draft pick from New York of their own. 
And what New York is offering is one of those protected, may never convey type picks that they have from Detroit or Washington or somebody. Mm. So it, it sounds like that's the offer that's out there from uh, from New York. So that's that's kind of where where that one stands. To me, that's a good deal if you get the good end draft pick. And I think part of the Jazz hope would be that they could rehab Fournier's value and trade him next year as an expiring and get even a little bit more on the asset front. And it's a and it's not as good a deal if you end up taking like a Detroit pick or a Washington pick that's protected until 2027, and who knows if you're ever going to get it. Yeah, that's the, yeah, that's the hard part of that. Like, my those, my um, there's the you know the the one pick that's going to convey we think that's going to convey is the Dallas Mavericks um, a top ten protected pick this year, um, but the Jazz already have three 2023 picks, um, so probably not, probably not. Um, uh, uh, which one look there? Uh, they they have that Detroit pick, Washington. So I think those are lottery protected uh, for a few years. Um, yeah, and then if they don't, if they don't, um. Uh, uh, Get those, um, uh, that it you know goes either second rounders or doesn't even convey. Um, yeah, so those picks, you know, those picks um, uh, aren't that great. Um, is Obi Toppin uh, young enough? Because uh, like, I mean, he's not had a, an amazing year, but he's young. He he was a, a first round pick. Um, is is he young enough to like you know, say, all right, cool, you want to take a chance on Obi Toppin rehabbing um, himself and and, and maybe in Fournier, uh, but you're taking Fournier's contract off the Knicks' hands, so you're doing them the favor there, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's why you can get a first-round pick out of out of that deal. Um, so Beasley for Fournier, and, and you're giving them more talent, and you're taking money off their hand, so they're willing to give you a pick. In my opinion, they should be able to. They should be willing to give you probably a better end pick than say Detroit or Washington. But back to Obi Toppin, you were asking about. He's only 24 years old. Um, he's, I think, in his next to last year of his rookie contract, so he's under contract cheap next year. And I mean, so far in his career, he's to me, he's just shown that he is a backup for maybe five on a good day or in, in the right lineup. Um, but he's a guy who could probably come in and play a backup role for the Jazz behind Markinen if he's the four going forward, or if somebody else is the four and Markinen's the three. You know, it's kind of interchangeable; doesn't matter. But but he's definitely a guy who could come in and play a backup role. And then if they can increase his value and develop him a little more than maybe he has in his first, what, two and a half years, maybe he either takes a larger role with the Jazz or he's a guy you can flip and make a little, you know, get more value off of in the next year. Yeah, so um, so like, so part of this, so the part of this trade has, a, there's a couple of different things that I'm, the Jazz are taking on salary for a team. Um, the Jazz have a pretty clean cap sheet now that they have a, Basically, you know, traded away their two max contracts. They have a little more flexibility now in the cap in the cap space. Uh, so there's gonna be trades where you might just be giving up um, a Vando or Beasley to get to take some money back for somebody and to get some assets. And so in this case, mm-hmm. the assets Obi Toppin, and, you know, a former top ten pick, uh, only twenty four, like we just said, um, and maybe and maybe another good draft pick from the Knicks um, for mm-hmm. giving also talented players that will get the Knicks to a little bit better than uh, than what they're at. Um, because uh, the Knicks are, are are in the playoff race, uh, they they have an All Star in Julius Randle. Um, you know Jalen Brunson is, is doing well for them, so they're just trying to get better. Uh, missing out on Donovan Mitchell, I don't know. I don't know if that stings for the New York fans or not, but um, yeah, because I, I I was talking to somebody on Twitter who was like, oh, they should get three picks because they're taking on Obi Toppin, they're taking on Fournier, and they're giving away uh, Beasley and um, uh, 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 Vanderbilt. But I think um, I think. Top in in itself. Um, again, if you're taking back a young talent, you're probably not taking back a young talent that looks like a surefire all. You're not you're not getting a Walker Kessler, you know, mid season Walker Kessler. You're going to get somebody yeah. that you, you you're going to have to rehab. Um, and I think that's that, that's fine. Like you're taking a shot, you're taking a shot on a former lottery pick. So um, yeah. that's the New York trade. Um, uh, how do you feel about them? Uh, that thought process there, Jared. I think that that's actually a pretty good thought process. I was I was thinking, well, I would posit it to you guys like this. Let's say the Knicks offered their pick, like say their 2024 pick, top 10 protected. Would that interest you guys more? Do you think that gets the deal done? Or? So when, when you say top, like the thing is that I want to know if it can convey to a first round at some point. 
because um, a lot of times these, these are like, you know, top 10 in 24, top 5 in 25, right? Uh, top, right. you know, top 2, and then, but then if it doesn't cafe, it, they go to a second round picks where they don't, you know, just whatever, so. Um, yeah, for me, I would only want it to be like maybe top 10 protected, then top 5, then automatically conveys no matter what. Like, that's... Yeah. I mean, because the Knicks are fairly good this year, and you're expecting them to maybe not have a down year next year. Yeah. But the, the, New York, the, you never know. The problem with it that just, is that for the Knicks, right, is that once you add extra protections to extra years, it holds up their future assets. Oh, yeah. So, that's true. Um, but, yeah. I mean, uh, so, so, I mean, but the harder question is, would you take a top 10, you know, a, a lightly protected pick from the Knicks in, in the next year? Uh, how do you feel about that, Ken? Um, I would love, you know, kind of what you guys just talked about. A top, a 24 lightly protected, like a top 10 pick would be on it would be honestly great. I don't think you're going to get that. And, and the reason why is teams who have clean draft, uh, cabinets, uh, meaning they own all their picks, they're not going to want to give up that 24 because that locks down 23 and 25 as well. So, and, and they might not want to put a long protection on it. I actually have, and, and I'm sure somebody out there will listen to this and think I'm a complete idiot. I would go back to, I would go to the Knicks and say, okay, tell you what, we don't want an unprotected pick, but we'll take both the Detroit pick and the Washington pick because the odds are they both do convey, but the odds are for sure that one of them conveys in kind of a 10 to 15 range at some point. Okay, and that, Ooh, that's, uh, that's good. So. That's interesting. Yeah. That's, so that, that's what I would do if my name was Justin Zanuck. I would say, we'll take these two lousy picks that nobody is interested in, including us last summer. We'll take those two, and, they, and that way you keep all your picks. And probably those picks won't convey, convey in 20 to 3, but that's perfect because I think the Jazz would rather have one of them convey in 24 anyhow. Right, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. We want them to con- yeah, like the Jazz have three picks this year, so getting another 2023 pick is probably not on their radar. There, you know, so yeah. um, uh, they're definitely, you know, there's always a way to trade out of it, but. You definitely want to, you know, avoid that headache. Um, okay, so they, so that's uh, you know that's the taking on money and trying to grab assets that are not draft capital. That's taking on assets that are young players that may not have be living up to the lottery hype. You know, the the Obi Toppins, the DeAndre Hunters, uh, those guys. So, um, okay, so uh, moving on, you said um, uh, uh, two other teams there. So one was New York, and then um, how you well, we talked about Atlanta, and Atlanta, Atlanta it right. would be, I think, the trade you already kind of referred to, which is John Collins, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the and the where it sounds like that one is hung up is Atlanta is no longer asking for a first round pick for Collins, but the Jazz may be asking for a first round pick to take John Collins because right. of his hundred thousand dollars of sal or hundred million dollars of salary going out in the future. So if they can ever come to a middle ground on that, or either team just relents. That could be a that could be a deal. Yeah. And this is and, and that's an interesting one because they John Collins. So l- last year he was a huge target. The last two years really, um, a target that I thought, man, if you put that next to Rudy Gobert and, and Donovan Mitchell, then I feel mm-hmm. a lot better about the Jazz team. And you know, I, I was always throwing up Boyan and trying to figure out ways to get John Collins on the team um, because I thought he was a, a fair. I didn't think he was a, a max level player. Um, I understand why he has the contract he does, um, and I'm not like upset about that contract. Like, I, I think he can play really well. And um, there could be a lot of reasons. Um, uh, maybe the Trey Young factor. There's a, there's a lot of reasons why he's having such a down year this year. Um, but we do have to take into account that maybe, you know, what we're seeing now is more attuned to what John Collins is than what we have seen in the past. Um, so there's a risk um, uh, either way there. Um, how do you... Uh, Jared, I mean, John Collins, has your opinion changed from the last couple of years to this year of his value? Uh, well, it seems like he, I mean, the overall perception and the feeling that I have, you know, watching him is he feels a little bit less valuable. Um, I would be interested to see if he could kind of, you know, return to form or get a little bit better and in a non Trey young environment. Cause it sounds like the Hawks are really as an organization getting fed up with the Trey young effect. Like, I don't know if you guys like read the all-star votes, but Trey Young didn't get very many votes 
Uh, yeah, and, yeah, and so it seemed like his team was his teammates. Players. Would you yeah. would you take the chance? Like I mean, like you you said, you know, you, you want to see him rehab his value or whatever. Would you pay the twenty twenty? Would you pay one of the twenty twenty five picks um, uh, to get John Collins on your team? Oof. One of the twenty twenty five picks. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just I just picked one at random, but I, I feel that's a, a fair. That that's one that makes you think. <laughs> I mean, I could, I could I could see it. Yeah, I could, I'd probably I, do it. I, I don't think you need to. I, Atlanta's not asking for a pick for him anymore. Yeah, you probably. I probably, probably Vando, I, I'm just trying to make it a, a harder situation, okay. right? Like it's okay. easy. It's okay. easy to say that, like, oh yeah, like I'm Atlanta. If they give us a pick, yeah, we'll take him, right? Um, but you know, it's harder when you're like you're giving up something more value. Like we, we've already in our minds okay. have said we're getting rid of that. I, I wouldn't want to give him give them an unprotected pick though. Again, fair. like so. Again, if you if you don't, then all of a sudden you're holding it. Well, I mean, the Jazz have plenty of picks, so you could probably jazz do that. Okay on that. Yeah, the yeah. Jazz, yeah. yeah. Um, so, and that, that's fair. Like, if you want to do some lottery protections, um, you can probably do that too. Um, but um, uh, so, I guess my question is like, are you willing to take the risk? Because if you're taking John Collins, I guess the benefit is that you're hoping that he rehabs value, and then maybe you have two guys. You have Laurie now and, and John Collins that mm-hmm. can play at All Star levels. Um, and maybe you get one more guy, and then all of a sudden your team is is ready to go, you know. Um, or, or or on the other hand, you you bring in this asset, rehab his value, but you you know you also flip him for something else because you don't think he fits your long term plans. But um, and the risk is that it's a lot of money. So you know, it's it's, a, it's an, is it a near max? Is it, it's yeah. near? It's a near max contract. So yeah, yeah. That that's the I think the real issue is that he stays at the. He comes here and then he doesn't rehab his value and he stays at his current level of play. Mm-hmm. He's making too much money for his production, and so that's your real, you know, that's your real like. What, what's your risk assessment there, um, uh, Ken? About like so, if if you know the Jazz make a trade for John Collins, if get asset, no asset, whatever, John Collins comes to the team, and he never gets to the level that he, we think that he can get to. Um, uh, what's the what's your risk assessment assessment for the Jazz there at that point? Like you know, if it just goes wrong for them. I mean, I think that's why they're asking for that first round pick, because if that happens, then in a year or two, they're going to have to pay a first round to dump the rest of his contract. Mm-hmm. So at least then they'd be neutral. Um, I mean, I think they're optimistic that they could bring him in and, and he'd be good or else they wouldn't be after him at all. I mean, that's not the type of contract you bring in uh, only to get a pick. So I, I think they think they can get him, you know, back to a better level where he could be you know, maybe a third or fourth option on a team. Right now, I mean, honestly, I watched him Friday night against the Jazz, and I just thought he was invisible. I mean, I guess in the first half he had a he had I think he had scored all ten of his points in the first half, and then in the second half I was like, you know, what's this guy? Yeah, I I and that's often how I feel watching him. So I'm not a huge fan, but I also think that you get him in a different system with a different coach, and I mean, look at how good Hardy's made some made some players pop in half a year. Um, if you could do that for John Collins, then I'd have to eat crow because I would I would have been dead wrong if if he right. really came alive in Utah. And John Collins is another top at least lottery pick. I think he's top ten or something. So um, another yeah. another another one of these reclamation projects. But you know, unlike Obi Toppin, not on his rookie contract, on a an extension, right. a little bit older, but he is late to his own. So you know, he'd be coming home. Uh, so <laughs> uh, yeah. maybe, maybe that makes a big difference there. Um, but yes, yeah, so like I'm a, you know, so that's one of those, uh, you know, again, you're taking on, you know, like M48, taking on a, contra- a, a big contract because you can, facilitating um, pieces for that Atlanta team. Atlanta team that started the year with really high hopes and just have um, really far, fallen short. Um, on Atlanta side about, you know, the Atlanta side about this, they'll get some good players, right? But is it, it's probably more important to them to clear that money out than anything else, uh, I would assume. Um, because I, I I don't know from uh Vanderbilt and uh um Beasley and I, I assume Conley or Clarkson whatever makes that money work. Uh, going over to Atlanta pushes them to the level of championship contender. So, um, yeah. it's 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 probably more of a money play than anything else there. Okay, so Atlanta, John Collins again. I'm, uh, you know, there's, <laughs> you know, we, we can't do a trade special without talking about John Collins. So we 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 reached a quota. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. and then the last team for um, uh, in that in that uh, Jake Fisher uh, article, uh, Portland. He also talked about Portland for Beasley and Vanderbilt. This one I'm not quite 
as certain where where he'd be going. I think I think a deal for both of those players would have to include Josh Hart coming back. He's non-guaranteed next year, so he's kind of an expiring. If you want him to be an expiring, um, you know, if, if the team wanted him to be, you might be looking at Justice Justice Winslow, Keon Johnson some guys like that. So, so some combination of those guys, in fact, that would be almost a, an even match. Yeah. Those three coming back for, for Beasley and Vanderbilt salary wise. Uh, Portland has a strange thing. They're, they're $67,000 under the luxury tax. So they don't want to add salary at all because if they add $68,000 of salary, they're they go in tax and and they don't have to pay much tax, but they lose a seventeen million dollar estimated um, payout to the non-tax teams. Mm-hmm. So a, nobody's gonna like nobody wants to dip their toe just barely in the pool and lose seventeen million. Yeah. For especially for a, a Portland team that started yeah. off hot like the Jazz, are currently yeah. like in that same play in area. Um, the the benefit for Portland to get Beasley and uh, uh, Vandy is that you know they get a little bit better. They they. They add Vandy for a couple of years. Some 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 interior defense that they're they're lacking. Um, it is it's, it's sort of strange. Uh, what, what is is there, is there any picks involved? Because like I don't know what the assets from Portland uh, to the Jazz are in, in, the, in this trade uh, scenario. Yeah, um, you would think there would have to be some picks. Portland has a pick they owe to somebody that is actually spread out across it's it's lottery protected for six years i think it's so, uh, to dallas right i think i'm uh yeah i think i'm uh, yeah think it's dallas so yeah i think that's right so so, okay, so lottery protected for six years man that really yeah. see that ugh, like it sounds smart in theory and i know but, that's that's how i feel <laughs> but then you but then I you mean, get to the practical part like boy now you can't now you now you've really locked yourself in to um, yeah. uh, uh, deal wise, um, yeah. so this one, you know, so I, I guess the Jazz, if they really like, for some reason, you said when you say Justice Winslow, Stanley Johnson always comes to my comes to my head too. Like I, for some reason, I always I think they were in the same draft, and so um, yeah. uh, those two are paired in my mind for some reason. Um, you know, former Jazz legend Stanley Johnson, I should say. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, Josh Hart, uh, Josh Hart, a guy the Jazz could have drafted. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it seems like we're. Like it's a spare part trade there. Like here's a spare part. That one, that one is more spare part trade. Um, I, and so I just I I don't know. I don't see this one as much. Uh, I I mean I think I see both of the others as greater possibilities. At least you know I'm only piecing this together. It's not like I, uh, you know, right, no, right. Danny Ainge and Justin Zanuck don't have me on speed dial and they're not texting me their potential you, trades. You liar. But just as as far as yeah, yeah, as far as what I can piece together like what a trade might be i just don't see quite enough value here unless the jazz are willing to just take uh, a, a portland draft pick two years after whenever portland satisfies their obligation to dallas yeah, and that... and maybe they are because maybe maybe a draft pick in five years is a great thing because dame's gone and everybody else is gone and maybe that's maybe that maybe that does have value but uh uh, Jared, yeah. I'm a, what if the what if the, is that? So you heard the names uh, Hart, Winslow, um, some other spare part, uh, and huh. let's say two second round picks. Jared, um, uh, how do you feel about that? Well, I like I like Josh Hart. I'm a big Josh Hart guy, but I mean, I don't know, man. It's it it kind of feels meh. It's so yeah. meh. I mean, I mean, like I mean, you can like Josh Hart. I think I think that's fine to be a fan of Josh Hart. Um, but again, like I'm, I'm looking at through the lens of the Jazz are looking to accumulate assets that they can either rehab or or use something because you know they're not looking. I mean, I don't think anybody thinks this Jazz team's going to win this year. Um, you know, they're they're going straight for that fifth seed. Uh, you know, and then next year, like again, we're we're, we're kind of thinking in terms of well, how can we make this team ready to go in 2025? Well, I, I keep anticipating you saying. Well, Jared, you're gonna we're gonna have to trade Mike Conley. How do you feel about that? <laughs> or mean, not Mike Conley? Oh, I'm sorry, Jordan Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson. Uh, I, I think the Jazz. <laughs> yeah. I think the Jazz are giving Jordan Clarkson a max contract uh, next year. So, um, <laughs> I mean, just because wow. it's just because the Jazz are gonna Jazz. So they're looking to be the fifth seed for the next ten years. Um, oh okay, so th- so those are those like the three teams that are. So again, we we had one kind of met like that Portland trade. Just is the first time hearing about it. I'm like, oh, all right, well, you know. 
Yeah, because I mean, the thing is that it's not even a young player. Like, they're not getting a young draft pick that, you know, they're looking to, to rehab. Um, I, I, think, no. I think somebody put a bulls trade out there that had similar um, ideas. Like, here, here's a young lottery pick that we're not using. Maybe, you know, it's, it's sort of like Ochai. You know, Ochai or uh, Saban Lee. Saban Lee was not, um, a, was not a lottery pick. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, it's, oh, yeah, that one that was a little rough. Um, uh, e- even if you get second-round picks... Those are nice throw-ins. Um, you know, maybe the Jazz needs to replenish those picks too to grease the wheels and some other deals. I don't know. So, uh, wouldn't be. I wouldn't be mad about it, but also would be just like, oh, that's all. I mean, that, that's a trade I think is, is going to get done <laughs> right there. I was like, oh, yeah, that's yeah. that's the type of trade like uh, all the Jazz fans are anticipating Thursday for something really good to happen, and then you, and that's the trade that you get. Like, oh, that was it. Like, okay, well, thanks, guys. So, yeah. Um, uh, okay, how about, Emma, should we move on to Lakers? Like, where do you want to move on to, uh, Ken? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Lakers, um, I, I think any trade with the Lakers at this point, because because uh, Bogdanovich was traded elsewhere, you know, several months ago, has to include Conley, and then it has to include probably two other players. Um, and, and, and I know Jake Fisher again. I mean, I, it's not like he's the only guy out there, but I, he happened to make a comment on this proposed deal that I don't agree with. He said any trade with the Lakers would have to include Clarkson, Bogdan, or sorry, Clarkson, Beasley, and Vanderbilt. I don't think the Jazz would give up all three of those in one trade, maybe even for two draft picks, but certainly not for one. I think they would find some kind of different ground, which is exactly why I think this is still a really hard trade to make. Um, I think I think finding a way for the Lakers to be comfortable giving away two picks is hard, and I mean you know none of, we, we're Jazz fans we don't love the Lakers but I can but I can still right. try to <laughs> pretend I'm in their shoes and say I wouldn't want to give up these picks either for you know I I I think Conley is a valuable piece and the other two kind of border on parts you How know does- what I mean I mean. How does does Kyrie's move to Dallas affect the Lakers' offseason plans and trying to get Kyrie? Well, I mean, in in theory, they'll still have a shot, but I think they they top out at something like thirty million Mm dollars. So there's some there's some chance, and his maximum is forty five, but to start the contract, I mean, the first year. So they're they're really light on that. I mean, there's some possibility that if another that if Dallas went to him and said, "We only want to give you two years, the lake at, at your max." So that's 45 and, right. and 50, say. And so 95, could the Lakers jump in and say, "Well, we'll give you 30, but we'll go three years or four years." But it sounds like in the in this these trade talks, they weren't willing to go to four years anyway. And I understand not wanting to go to four years with Kyrie because he's very unpredictable. Right. And so, um, uh, so that, that does throw off, like they want to keep, you know, they didn't want to um, uh, bring back a lot of salary um, uh, because, yeah. you know, the Russell Westbrook contract is off the books next year. They'll have some salary cap space to um, pick up somebody. And, you know, we talk about the Lakers and we talk about getting a third star. Uh, it might be it might behoove them to try to go get two really good role players with that with that money. Yeah, uh, exactly. I I personally think, and you know, again, I'm also not on um, I'm also not on Rob Polinka's speed dial. Oh, but interesting, interesting. It, going on their whole plan of trying to get a third star, if that's the route they go, I will be thrilled because I think they'll just be destined to kind of stay mediocre because. They've got LeBron, who would then be 39 next year. Yep. AD, who Charles Barkley calls street clothes, <laughs> yes. and and Kyrie Irving, if that's who they, if that's where they went, who you know might just take off a couple weeks because he doesn't feel like playing basketball. Yes. And then they would have to fill in the whole rest of the team, literally like like nine or ten guys with, the with Matt, minimum contracts with the, with the Matt Ryan's of the world. Yeah, exactly. Like, and and, so and not, I, not, Matt, not Matt Ryan, the um, uh, the Uber driver. Matt Ryan, the former uh, NFL quarterback. That's who they would have to yeah. do. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. So Lakers. So I mean, so there was that. The, the, I know a lot of Lakers fans were not into the uh, uh, Mike Conley trade before because Mike Conley has money uh, next year too. Um, yeah. But you know, somebody like Clarkson, 
W- would you do that trade, Ken? Clarkson, Vando, and Beasley, if you were pressed and could only get one of the one of the Lakers draft picks? Clarkson instead of Conley, yep. Vando, and Beasley? Yes. Uh, um, probably not enough money, but... Um, and that's why Conley almost has to be involved. Yeah, okay. because he's the he's right. the big salary. We, we can throw, we can throw but, Conley but, there but, too. But, yeah. but just to but just to pretend, um, Clarkson, Vando, Beasley for one of the picks. Just one pick. One pick. Um, Is that enough? No, I would at the very least push for one pick plus a couple of seconds, or one pick pick plus a swap, or one pick plus Matt, uh, Max Christie or something. I would want something more than one pick hmm. for three legitimate NBA rotation players. Because right, like, that like makes the Lakers a, sl- a solid team, even if that doesn't catapult them. So and, and that, that's yeah. for me, for, for the Lakers. I, I mean, I have a hard time seeing them do it because, you know, they're the Lakers, right? Um, you know, they talked about wanting to get to the sixth seed this year, but, you know, if you're the Lakers, you're looking to make a trade to to be the favorite. You're not looking for, you're not looking for a trade to be the, the number four seed in the West. Um, you know, they understand there's no value being the fifth seed, uh, unlike the Jazz. Um, but Jared, so like, so part of the like the frustration I had this year was, you know, the the Jazz went into the season with a fairly good roster. Um, at some point, trades just don't happen. Like um, uh, from the beginning of the year to to trade deadline, it gets it's unusual to see trades happen in December, like when the Jazz got uh, Jordan Clarkson. Um, so like once the season started, it was almost really it was going to be really hard for then to find trade partners for like Mike Conley, all, all these quote unquote vets, right? Mm-hmm. Um, knowing you know, no, knowing the the knowledge that you have now, the Jazz being twenty seven and twenty nine, I want I want to say, tenth um, in the West, uh, they they look destined to be right in the you know NBA purgatory as they as, as it's called. Would you have rather the Jazz traded um, like Conley? Uh, maybe Clarkson in the in the off season and not have quote unquote like won the deal. If they made another Bogdanovich for Olenek trade, would you want the Jazz to have done that? Because almost assuredly the Jazz would be a lot worse if they didn't have a couple of these guys on the team at the beginning of the year. Um, I I mean, it it's hard to to like root against the fact that the jazz have an all-star this year uh, in yeah. with the all-star game being in Salt Lake city. Um, and that would almost surely not be happening if the team was markedly worse uh, as we're discussing. So uh, I'm torn. I mean, for the future in terms of long-term future of the franchise, it probably, yeah. Um, but as a fan, it kind of, yeah, it kind of pains me to, to say, I'm sorry, Lori. I, I I don't want you to get your flowers. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I get. I like Lori. Um, yippee for the All Star game. The Jazz rode that the first 15 games that way for you know 40 games. Um, Ken, so like you know, we talk about like when when Danny Ainge came over, we did podcasts and like how he's he's never trade. He he he's no trade Danny Ainge, right? Like um, he mm-hmm. was always involved in and especially around trade deadline time. He was, it's, and, and we're seeing it now, involved in almost every single rumor. We're seeing all these teams, all these things that are like, oh, the Jazz are going to be, you know, the Jazz are trying to get into this three-team trade uh, with the Nets. Um, and, you know, we're seeing articles about how, I mean, gosh, we, we, again, we look at those assets that the Jazz got for Donovan and Rudy, and everybody's like, he ruined the trade market. Um, but so it, it does kind of show us that Danny Ainge, Probably won't take a lesser deal. He 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 probably won't be the one to relent, um, which is probably good uh, in the long run. But it does hurt. Um, you know they couldn't find somebody preseason for for Mike Conley. So now we're here at the trade deadline. Um, do you see the Jazz getting a a, a good trade done with future well, assets? Future depends, assets, I guess. It, yeah, it depends on what you call a good trade. See, I think the the thing that you just said about Danny Ainge, what I was thinking was, uh, in the past, you know, he hasn't made well at certain times in his Celtics life, he was trying to improve an already good team, and the Jazz don't have to do that. I'm not saying they want to tank. I'm not saying they're just going to give give things away. I think they still want there to be some sense of getting the right value for a player, but that value back. In, in for the last five years with the Celtics meant 
you wanted to get value and improve your team today. And now the Jazz are really in a different scenario where they only have to get value. They don't have to improve their team today. Um, again, I don't think there there's not in some edict from Danny or Ryan or anybody to go out and dump a bunch of talent for good value. But I think there's just there's just more ways they can go. But they they still want to get good value. They don't they don't want to give players away. Um, they want to be moving in the right direction, but it doesn't have to be moving in the right direction immediately. So I do expect some moves. Uh, well, I expect at least one move and probably, uh, in fact, I think there was an over under that they were doing on one of the, on a, on one of the national podcasts that they were focused on the jazz the other day. So like one and a half over trades. under, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Two and a half trades over two under. and a half. My God, two and a half trades. That's yeah. A, well, that's a they're, they're, they're pull, they're bullish on the on the Jazz making a lot of deals. So two and a half. I took the under on that because right. I think two is. The I mean, sweet spot. could they could they go three? Sure, but I don't really expect it. Right. And then the other one was uh, one and a half over under on how many first round picks the Jazz add, and I said wow. under. Wow. I, I think I think they might add one, but I don't expect them to. You know, it's not. It, this isn't last summer. They're right. not, they're yeah, not right, right. it's just not a parade of first round picks coming in. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, like, as we count, like, assets, um, uh, Vando and Beasley together probably count as one, like, future asset, it sounds like. Um, whether it be a, you know, a future draft pick or, or a young player, like, like Obi Toppin, right? Um, yeah. Mike Colley was involved in some trade rumors. Uh, like, uh, I think Tony, Tony Jones, I'm going to put his article out, was like, five Western Conference teams have offered expiring contract for Mike Conley and as uh, Jared alluded to earlier one of them a lot of us are guessing is D'Lo uh, uh, D'Angelo Russell yeah. um, from the from the Wolves um, Jared I mean, how do you feel about that trade D'Angelo for Mike Conley I mean it, it frees up some cap space next year uh, so like I'd be okay with it like, I wouldn't love it but I don't hate it uh, and then, you know, you, know, you know it wouldn't come with yeah, you know it wouldn't come with draft picks because we already have them all. <laughs> yeah, we have every draft yeah. pick. <laughs> Said to saw your second round as well. Um, yeah. So yeah, so I mean, D Lo. Is there anybody else on that list of, uh, you thought could go for Mike Conley in that in that article, um, uh, Ken? Um, no, I, I don't think I saw that exact list. I saw they said somebody had offered a significant significant expiring contract, and then somebody else tweeted out it had to be one of these five guys. Yeah. But I think it probably was Russell. That yeah. would be my guess, not of those five guys. Yeah. I mean, uh, obviously Minnesota trying to, you know, like they, they went all in. And so they, like they, 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 you know, they're floundering-ish right now. Um, and they yeah. know that their, their window is, is slowly, not slowly, quickly closing. Um, and so they're going to try their best to, and, and Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert, you know, have history together. Um, they know they're not going to add anybody in free agency. Um, uh, their their money is tied up, so this would be a good way for Minnesota to add some something for next year too, right? And D'Angelo, they question. Yes, do you guys think Conley would be annoyed because he he was happy that Kessler is a pick and pop big? He's going back to Rudy. He's going to be like, oh man, no uh, pick and pop big. <laughs> I mean, has, well, Kessler, has Kessler been a pick and pop big this year though? Like he was in practice, right? Yeah. But like right. they I, haven't used them at all, ping and pop. Right. Yeah. yeah, they haven't used them ping and pop at all, right? So it's not it's not like it's not like the same transition of going from Marcus Hall to Rudy Gobert, right? So true. Um, true. Uh, I mean, Walker Kessler has better hands. <laughs> I think we can say than Rudy Gobert. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, uh, Rudy Rudy uses it for uses his hand for boxing. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I can see that. I mean, D'Angelo and the you know. So Jared mentioned the cap space. Uh, how important do you think the cap space is uh, for the Jazz, uh, Ken? Uh, less important. Um, I tend to think if they had, you know, just make up some mystery offer. Well, like the Clippers have been rumored for Mike Conley. So if they had some offer that didn't include bad salaries and maybe they got a pick of some sort. I would think they would take that because it has an asset over Russell. The only exception is if they look at Russell as somebody that they could sign on the cheap compared to his 31 million he makes now and and they like him going forward. I don't expect that they do, but you never know. 
beauty is in the eye of the beholder, and maybe somebody likes D'Angelo Russell in the yeah. Jazz Brain Trust. But I, thought, I, I don't expect that. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like the, in the next couple of years, the cap space for the Jazz really is just to bring on contracts to get more assets. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and the Clippers is, is crazy. It's like the Clippers have like the twenty twenty eight pick is like the only one they can they can uh, uh, trade away because uh, uh, of the the shy and, and Paul George George uh, trade. Um, yeah, and uh, you know like, again the Clippers. Like, it, it has been said that the West is wide open this year, and it really is. You know when your top teams are the Nuggets, who I don't think anybody's like super scared of this year. Like they got the MVP and they're good, but. I think if you went to a seven-game series, you at least think you have a puncher's chance against the Nuggets. Um, and the Grizzlies, who we just saw, lost. they lost, like, what, eight of the last nine <laughs> nine games? Um, yeah. Turmoil and, there. And, uh-huh. All their players are in the news for the, all the wrong reasons. Yeah, well, you know, again, uh, Hu Tran from two years ago was very smart. Listen to the hitting the high notes, guys, so... Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so uh, so yeah, so we talked about like you know trying to get different assets in, in ways like either getting young players. I, I know that like, I'm uh, Dan Clayton, I'm uh, the younger older brother of of Ken here. Hmm. He uh, uh, tweeted out an article for like the Chicago Bulls were uh, giving away a, a young former dra- uh, first round pick and another protected oh, yeah. pick, um, uh, and the Jazz would take Vucevic in, and um, the Jazz would give up Vando and. Uh, uh, Beasley and I think one one more one other player, um, but yeah, these are the type of things that like you know the Jazz may not be getting picks back because I mean they have a lot, um, but they may be getting picks as in like former lottery picks that are have been in the league for a, a few years that haven't hit the ceiling yet, um, mm-hmm. and so th- those are types of so uh, I mean in your heart, um, uh, Ken, I, I think we all uh, or assume that Vando and and Beasley are gone. Um, you know, uh, Conley, yeah. like a percentage. What percentage do you think he he gets traded? I think Conley's probably more more likely to stay. I don't know what number that means. Thirty percent traded, seventy percent stay yeah. staying, or something like that. I think I think probably the third guy. I'd say after Vando and Beasley would. I think there's some chance, like a fifty fifty, that Olenek goes. Yeah, uh, I mean Conley. Uh, and then Clarkson last. Clarkson last would be my okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah so th- those are kind of the names. Like Laurie Marketing is quote unquote untouchable, but man, yeah. if like you know, I, I I'm very pro trade your assets at the highest value, and I, I just can't see myself seeing that Laurie's uh, trade value will be any higher than it is right now. Um, so I mean, but it, ha- it would have to be just an amazing offer of some sort for for uh, Laurie to get traded. So. He's probably not going anywhere. Ochai and Walker are just so young that they're not going to go anywhere. So, and everybody else is, yeah, they're kind of there. So, um, the Jazz yeah. have been playing pretty poorly since some, uh, you know, these, all these rumors have started. So, um, which is interesting because I feel like the last couple of years it didn't affect them. So, uh, and I, I don't know if their poor play has been because of the trade deadline. I, I kind of actually doubt it. I don't think it is, but um, things are going to change. We we have All Star Weekend coming up. Mike Conley is supposed to be in the Skills Challenge. It sounds like Jordan Clarkson is going to be in the three-point uh, contest, which is interesting because just a few weeks ago, Malik Beasley was being promoted, right, by the Jazz. Yeah. Uh, it was on his IG and everything. And so that makes me really question, like, oh, he must know something. And the Jazz must know something that he is probably gone. So we're like, I wonder if the Jazz have some sort of deal like in place. Going, okay, well, if it comes and nothing comes better for both of us, let's come back to this deal. Um uh, like so, what what do you think the Jazz get for uh, Beasley and uh, Vando? What kind of asset do you think the Jazz are going to get, Ken? Um, I mean, I, I think I think in general, it's just like those deals we talked about. He's they're probably going to get um, one or two, one or two rehabable guys, whether that's Collins or Toppin. Um, Portland didn't really have that. And they're going to get an asset, you know, get a get a pick. Although with Collins, I don't think they get a pick. I was going to mention on Beasley. I think uh, Tony Jones used the term. He said they have. He might have given a number, and he or he said they have several closable frameworks, like offers for Beasley, and that's just more more a chance, more more a, a an idea where they have to pick one. Um, and that was as of like last Thursday or Friday. 
but I assume that's still the case unless some of them have gone away with this most recent trade um, with the Kyrie deal. But I, I think there's a good chance that they have, they're sorting through deals. In fact, he also said in today's piece on The Athletic that they were, they, this weekend they started really sorting through and probably prioritizing these are the better ones, these are the worst ones, whatever. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens in the I, next few days. I, but I, I think. I'm rooting for that to happen because uh, before game one, um, uh, you know, we were talking about trades and I said, you know, and you guys can go find the episode where I said, uh, you know, if I had to guess, you know, the the first player, Jazz player trade would be Blake Beasley. So, um, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go three for three here, you know, about the Memphis Grizzlies sucking, uh, the Jazz being mediocre, and, um, uh, you know, Malik Beasley being traded. <laughs> Jared, <laughs> uh, Jared, what kind of deal are you looking for at this trade deadline? What what, what would you, make you pretty happy, you know, realistically happy as a Jazz fan? Um, pretty much anything that uh, ships off. Uh, I'm sorry to do this to you, Mike. Mike Conley. <laughs> because I want to see Colin Sexton get a little bit more time at the point. At the point. Um, and I think the Jazz would probably not win as many games and maybe we sink down to 13th in the west and hey and I, I think pretty uh, good I think, the... I, I think a lot of jazz fans are sort of because like just mike holly's not in the future plans um it is harder yeah. for him because right you know the the contract situation taking salary back is going to be the hardest part for for the jazz there and um i i, I think um ken when he's at 30 percent sounds fair 30 percent traded Sounds maybe a little high, but um, uh, yeah, like uh, you know, yeah, yeah maybe twenty percent. <laughs> um, but yeah, but Mike Conley. I mean, because that, that's the thing is that we always, like teams always want to try to get rid of their quote unquote trash, right? Uh, it's funny we we didn't mention Rudy Gay once on this podcast. Um, well, we did it earlier, but like not in the trade sense. Uh, <laughs> but hey, Rudy Gay is probably not going to move because uh, you know he just doesn't have that value anymore. Um, and I know a lot of Jazz fans are like, oh, trade, tra-, you know, it's, it's really funny how. Jazz fans will trash Rudy Gay online, but then it'll be like, "Oh, well, you go, hey, here's a here's a power forward that you can use, Rudy Gay." Um, like as a, as if the other thirty teams don't know that Rudy Gay is not having a good year, so or you know not having a. It's you like, know. why aren't you giving us a first round pick for Rudy yeah, Gay? Yeah, so um, uh, <laughs> uh, so um, uh, so anyway, I, I want to tell you guys, you know, we can let the cat out of the bag now. This is actually not Ken Clayton on the phone. This is actually Justin Zanuck. Justin, thank you <laughs> for your time, uh, and giving. <laughs> Give us the insight. Um, uh, so, uh, Ken, what are you doing nowadays, um, uh, the jazz wise, that the um, that's helping out the jazz fans? Uh, like, where's my stuff yeah, published you, or yeah, whatever? Your stuff or like, I mean, what do you do on Twitter? You know. Um, so yeah, I haven't I haven't written anything. Dan and I haven't podcasted anything. Um, it's just been a busy couple of months with the holidays and then digging out after the holidays. Um, on Twitter, you can find me at k underscore clate. Or I may or may not be affiliated with the account Jazz Travel Notes, where I talk I about jazz uh, flights and travel information. Yeah, somebody's which may or may not. Yeah. yeah, which may or may not have been separated because there for a while people were worried about assassination coordinates and things like that. <laughs> Billionaires worried thought, about being assassinated midair. Yeah, I didn't want to. I didn't want to lose my. Twitter account if that ever got shut down, so that got separated. Yeah. So I mean, it, I, allegedly. It might be, allegedly, uh, yeah, like if somebody stole yeah. um, a Ken's shtick. Um, uh, you can follow yeah. Ken um, uh, at his new handle, I was uh, K in a short plate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so... Uh, uh, that, that's a nice poll. Shout I know, out thank to you. I was... Um, Mark Mueller. <laughs> and Mueller. Yeah. And Mueller. Um, uh, yeah, so I mean, you know, and it's really funny because you, you guys talk about not podcasting lately, and uh, the Jazz Pod Co-op has kind of like fizzled down. It's basically us and Jabber Jazz now. I feel like, um, and and part of us like we we don't. I mean, I just kind of I was like, oh, you know what? It is always fun talking about jazz trades, uh, but this jazz season has really worn on me, on me as as you can tell. Um, uh, yeah. But yeah. So I mean, we'll, we'll see. I mean, the trade deadline uh, is like I don't know two and a half days away now. Um, it, it's like in the yeah. middle middle of the day, like Thursday. Thursday afternoon is when it ends. So, um, uh, how, how, how about non-jazz trades? What other what other trades do you think are going to come down the, the pipe there, Ken? Oh, 
Uh, let's see. I, I think Dallas is going to look to do something else. Whether they're successful or not, I don't know. I also think Brooklyn is going to look to do something else. Why, why um, do they got Cam Thomas? They don't need anything else. Cam yeah, Thomas well, that's KD. true. <laughs> 91 points in two nights. Yeah, let's yeah. cook. Um, uh, Toronto Raptors seem like another team that seems to be yeah. in the seller's market, and their assets seem to be much more of the, like, we can help you win now um, variety. Yeah. Like, the Jazz have guys uh, that can kind of push you over the top but the the Raptors have guys that could be real 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 like you I mean you, you can go from seventh mm-hmm. in the whatever conference you are to you know top three right. um, the Jazz have right. guys that like him uh, you know I like I, I like Conley I like Vando I like Beasley um, that's why I don't think the Lakers one is going to happen because it just doesn't seem like it's enough to push them any to any real heights and I don't know I don't know what the Lakers offseason plans are but if you're taking salary that's coming uh, on to an extra salary, that's really going to hurt what they want to do. So um, yeah. I just don't see them making a trade. You know, if it was just Beasley and just Vando, maybe. Uh, but, you know, they have Russell Westbrook, so what are you going to do? Um, yeah, so, I mean, uh, Jared, any, any other trades that you are predicting here? Um, I mean, the Nuggets feel like they have to do something. Uh mm. I, I don't know. I, I was interested to see if, if the Raptors actually end up moving OG. Because uh, that, that seems like there's been so much talk about, oh, contenders should yeah. buy for OG and have to complete their team and yeah. yada, yada, yada. I mean, the Raptors have, you know, the OG, Gary Trent Jr., Siakam um, has been out there, right? So yep. they, they feel like they need to do something to to start their the reset there. Fleet yeah. Oh, yeah, FVV yeah. out there. Um, I like the the one with that and the Clippers. I'm like, how? I, I don't. The Clippers have one draft pick and like no young assets to trade. So, yeah. good luck, I guess. Um, but yeah, the Clippers definitely buyers, right? Uh, Lakers buyers. Uh, the Kings feel like they're in a good spot, but I mean, in this year, it feels like they 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 probably should try to buy uh, to put them over the top because they they're right there, they're third, and nobody believes in them. Um, yeah, just imagine if they added a guy like, uh, you know, if they added some defense or something. Yeah, I, I don't really know what they need, but, like, they probably do need something, so. Uh, so and, somebody, and, somebody said OG, and I'm like, uh, but they were talking about giving up Keegan Murray, and I was like, what? No, I mean, don't do that. <laughs> I mean, in a year where the West feels wide open as it ever has, like, you know, when the Nuggets feel as vulnerable as they do, I mean, would you guys trade Bones Highland for, uh, for Malik Beasley? I mean, uh, I mean the money doesn't work, and I well, don't like you, Bones as a player. He feels like a budget Jordan Clarkson. Yeah, I, I don't know that I would. I think uh, he's also another small guard, um, smaller than Jordan. Yeah, Bones so, is uh, his uh, his value has gone down in a year. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I mean, the Nuggets. I I, uh, I mean, they're they're putting stuff out there to try to like make sure that they're solidified. Uh, the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies need some stuff, but. Uh, yeah. You know, we'll see. I mean, the Grizzlies, they should be buyers. Hopefully, I mean, I'm, I don't care if they do or not, but we'll see. I mean, it'd be nice to see if they, they actually do something. Uh, I mean, the Clippers should be buyers, but, you know, you, when you go shopping with a master credit card, I don't know what you're going to get. Uh, uh, yeah, honestly, the, the Grizzlies, I've been a proponent of the Grizzlies buying some of our stuff because I think we have stuff that could help. You know, Danny Green, kind of, Danny Green and a couple draft picks. Could, I mean, that's know. what I'm. That's what I want for them from yeah. them. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of. I mean, uh, I, I think somebody put out their uh, the their center Almeda or whatever uh, Almeida. Almeida. Oh yeah, that was. Uh, I think that was Gets said yeah. something about that. So, uh, again, a young asset um, uh, is out there. Um, the Kelly O one, I, I think it was Boston that was was rumored, but that seems unlikely. What? I don't think Boston can has the assets to get him. Right. And Miami might. Miami so could maybe. <laughs> yeah, I could see. I could see Miami maybe if because they've been talking about. I, I don't know why they're looking to shop Caleb Martin, but they talked. There's been talk about him, and if it was Caleb Martin and uh, Dwayne Dedman, that works. And Dedman's an expiring contract, so. They're the draft pick. Know. Yeah. So. Uh... Yeah, so there, there's some teams that should be buying out there. Um, uh, it does seem like there's a lot more buyers, and the Jazz are in a perfect position to sell. So 
Uh, we think two yeah. trades. Two trades is the magic number. So Logan thinks zero to one. Um, so we'll see what happens on Thursday. We'll see how disappointed yeah. we'll be. Uh, Jared, where can they find you on the Twitter? Uh, at Goalie Distance 49. 49. He's going to go protect some princesses here in, in a little bit. Um, <laughs> and, um, uh, yeah, you can follow me at, at, at Superman, RIP at Jazz High Notes. Uh, I missed, I missed <laughs> the, I missed the Twitter account because, um, uh, that's where I could get really snarky and now I can't. So, uh, I miss it. I miss being, I miss being snarky about the jazz. Um, and, uh, yeah, please give us a five-star review. Tell your friends, um, uh, you know, that uh, the jazz pad co-op, we're, we're, we're going to try to sell ED medicine, uh, to pay for the bills here. So, um, and we'll see you guys next time. Yeah.